1: hello there my hunting buddies i hope you're having some success remember success isn't always measured by filling a tag hopefully you're seeing deer hopefully you're learning new things each and every time you're entering the field maybe you're doing a little small game hunting maybe you're kind of learning the behavior and patterns of squirrels and rabbits and whatever else you can hunt today's episode is one that i have greatly been looking forward to ever since we recorded part one That's right, we only have one two-part series for the First Gen Hunter podcast, and that would be with our friends Ben and Eric from Fly True Productions. Remember, back in episode 17, they told us all about their plans to take an elk hunting trip out to Colorado. This is a big deal. Both Eric and Ben are from Minnesota, and so it was quite the drive. Now, I've already heard the story, and it is filled with all sorts of surprises, both for them and for us but man what a great story it is and i hope these types of stories just help fuel that fire to keep you coming back for more not just on the podcast but more importantly for your own hunting adventures so tonight that's what we're doing we're talking with ben and eric getting the recap on how their hunting trip went i hope you enjoy it and i hope you keep on dreaming about your own future adventures while you tune in to episode 23 of the first gen hunter podcast the part two with fly true productions on their colorado diy elk hunting trip Brandon, guess what? What's that, sir? We finally get to hear the ending of a really cool story. How exciting is that? Um,
0: I'm pumped, man. I am so pumped.
1: You know when you'd like uh uh be watching your favorite cartoon when you're a kid. You know, you know who actually would do this all the time? It was the stinking mm. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. You oh, know? one of my favorites. Yeah, but you didn't say that to your friends, you know, because they <laughs> called them like the uh mighty morphin potty trainers or whatever the insult was and you didn't want <laughs> right, to be right. you know, you didn't want to be viewed as a dork or whatever. But they would yeah. always do that at the end of the episodes, right? When you're getting, you know, like all excited about it and be like, To be continued. Yeah. Well, we're finally getting on the other end of to be continued, and this story is better than even the best Mighty Morphin mm. Power Ranger episodes and that is Mm -hmm. episode two or part two i should say of the diy elk trip that our buddies over at fly true productions uh just got back from a few weeks ago so eric and ben great to talk to you guys thanks for coming back good to be here yeah thanks for having us (laughs) yeah for sure so um we'll get into it later uh everything that you guys are doing with Fly True Productions. We've uh, if if um you're tuning in for the first time, this is your first first gen episode that you're listening to. First of all, we're happy to have you. Love love it that you're tuning in. But this episode is probably going to make more sense to you if you go back to episode 17. And listen mm. to part one with Eric and Ben. You'll get the whole backstory there on Fly True Productions and and what all was going into this trip. And, and it's just kind of fun, you know, to to listen to the two uh, back-to-back. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to after uh, this episode drops. And, yep. um, you know, I'll be able to go boom-boom with both episodes and, and see the whole story. Kind of see maybe the, the emotion before, the emotion after. Uh, what was exciting going into it, what ended up being reality on the other side of it, all that kind of good drama. But we're going to skip all that right now because Brandon and I have already gone through episode 17, and we just want to get down to this hunt. So Mm. let's get started. First of all, last time we talked, we had these facts established. Fact number one this was an archery elk hunt correct archery season yep and uh, we talked all about how you guys had your bows set up pounded you were shooting um the weight of the the broadheads you were using all that good stuff fact number two you guys had to drive all the way from minnesota to colorado (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> yes <Straight laughs> shot. it was a, it was a long haul and we
2: didn't <laughs> eat until like eight o'clock p.m so we drove all night that was a mistake
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man we don't want to spoil too much here we'll we'll, we'll get there we'll get there uh, yeah. and uh it was about 10 days total right um traveling uh, we were there and eight hunt- days okay eight there, eight days and then two days for for traveling is that how it worked
2: yep yep
1: okay good deal and this was totally diy there was no guide no one there who like you know was your colorado elk hunting sherpa or (laughs) or or anything (laughs) like that somebody that could do the calling for you this was totally on two guys from minnesota right
2: yes yes
1: and probably the coolest thing of all this is this was entirely on public land. They had to figure it out themselves. They had, mm-hmm. to, they had to go and use what they were limited to and try and locate the bowls. Yep. And one last thing that was kind of an important thing with how your whole method was holding together, you were willing to travel around to different public land pieces, and that's something I want to get into in my, in my later uh, questions here. But you were going to kind of use your truck as a base camp, I remember you saying. You're kind of going to use it as a hub. And so I want to ask you a little bit more about how that ended up working out and that kind of thing. But uh, was it, that that was your plan going in, correct? Yep. Yep. It was uh, pretty cold at night. It ended up being the plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yep. Yep. I'm looking forward to that, that, that uh, question, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. So let's start with the drive. As Ben said, it was a haul. (laughs) And, Mm. And as someone who has driven out West, not to hunt, but has driven out West several times, I, I couldn't agree with you more that those drives out there, they just go forever, you know? just keep on
2: going a flyover state for nothing yeah (laughs) (laughs) yep yep
1: for sure so uh did you guys have any dumb and dumber moments you know like uh eric where you're like all right i'm gonna catch a few z's here ben you take over (laughs) and then you uh, wake up and ben's got you back in iowa or something
2: <laughs> the way the in the wrong. We
1: actually, we quoted that movie probably a hundred
2: times the whole way there. <laughs> the whole I uh, thought the rock that one's a little rockier than this one. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to Aspen, Ben. <laughs> oh man, yep, yep. Well, as long as you brought, as long as you brought extra gloves, you know, and nobody ended up. uh, <laughs> threatening each other's (laughs) lives or anything over gloves oh man we we better we better keep moving here we're just going to turn this into like a uh uh, analysis of uh, one of the funniest films of all time (laughs) but um so you guys are you're driving through the night you said you left at 8 p.m did you end up stopping at all or was it just a solid drive
3: i put a good what eight no 10 hours in and
2: and we stopped in the right when the sun was coming up for a little while. We stopped in mm-hmm. Iowa. It was early morning, and that's we just took a few. Uh, I was gonna fall asleep behind the wheel. I was so tired. So I pulled into Iowa at a gas station. We slept for a few hours. <laughs> I told him he's supposed to sleep when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, hard man. to sleep in the truck, though. It's not very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. but no, yeah. we
1: just yeah. stopped
2: for gas, pretty much
1: man that's that's dedication right there so so how how did you guys stay awake other than listening to the first gen hunter podcast of course <laughs> uh <laughs> energy drinks and that's about it
2: yeah. <laughs> <Downing>. oh. <Coffee. laughs>
1: you know i'm as somebody who who definitely struggles to stay awake when driving you know i i'm bad i'm like once it hits like 8 p.m you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's But if I was sitting in the pastor's seat, no problem. I can stay up. But but, uh, I have thought that I should create like a little... like a little uh, survival kit, you know, like even, you know, like make it like uh, like those old-fashioned uh, fire alarms where you have to like use a little hammer to break the glass to pull the uh, fire alarm, you know, and just like stick a bunch of like high-energy, uh, you know, like maybe uh, exp- espresso beans and uh, um, <laughs> like uh, energy drink and sunflower seeds and everything else like inside that little uh, case there to – you know (laughs) that
3: sounds like a recipe for a stop at the rest (laughs) stop oh
1: yep yep so uh i i feel your pain there i feel your pain for sure so driving through the night all night long you finally at some point make it into colorado and you're headed to we'll assume you had your GPS set for the first public piece you were planning to hunt. When you pulled up, what did you notice right away?
2: Uh, lots of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
3: Didn't get to our trip uh, or our spot at all. Yeah.
2: The forest service turned us around right away. Half I mean, a lot of Colorado was on fire when we got there. It was pretty Oh hot.
1: no. The
2: National Guard was not having it. Yep. National Guard was everywhere. So. We had to go uh, to our plan B. Yeah. Oh, C.
1: man. So yeah. what was
2: the what was the plan B? Uh, oh. We pretty much had to drive all the way back through Denver and go up around to the backside of this public we were going to hunt or this unit we were going to hunt, and it ended up working, but it just took like an extra day to get there. So gotcha. it was kind of a bummer.
1: Yeah. Know. Man. man. I, wow. I, I didn't even think of that. I mean, obviously, the... Pretty much the entire West has been on fire, unfortunately, for the last the last uh, couple months here. But I didn't even when I remember when you, the day you guys were leaving, I'm like, oh man, I wish I was with Eric and Ben right now. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't, right. I didn't even think about the, uh, I didn't even think about the fires. Yikes, that's that's too bad. So so you guys had to quick uh, go back to the drawing board there, and that's probably this would be a great time to throw in a plug for using a some kind of uh mapping app because i imagine your on x came in handy then
2: uh, Yep, on x was our lifesaver mm,
1: awesome nice, as
2: always
3: <laughs> nice nice now did they yep, got a switchbacks got some service and hopped on
1: it right away yep okay yeah that's that's great no we
2: on x more than at the car gps i mean it, yeah we had wow. to have it yeah
1: yeah i bet because once you get to uh some of those those like forest service roads and stuff like that—the really off the grid stuff. Yep. Yeah, that's that's probably about your only hope at that point. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. And we were, we didn't know this whole ordeal would have taken us half the time, but we were ignorant to the fact that you have to have a permit to drive through the Rocky Mountain National Forest in certain parts, and you have oh. to make a reservation ahead of time. Oh. So that was super frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> man. Out and they, and they turn us around again. Yep.
1: <laughs> oh no, man.
2: But yeah, just to drive through, you have to have a permit.
1: That's another good tip. Planning to go out, planning to go out west, Colorado.
2: Yeah, we through there either, so we
3: had no idea. Yep. Man, man. Fire really, really threw us for a loop. It was uh yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> So did, no did kidding. now, of course, you know, famously or in, infamously, maybe Colorado gets a lot of, uh, a lot of hunting pressure during, during, uh, kind of the archery season. I'm sure, especially during the rifle season, which I believe is going on now. Um, did that kind of just really condense all the competition then?
2: It did. And we didn't really see a lot of other archery hunters. We saw a lot of muzzle loader hunters. Like, that was the pressure that was okay. going on. There was a muzzle loader hunter on every tree. Wow. wow. Was it, was it, it was, muzzle loader for, for
0: elk or was it for yep, mule deer? Yep. Or what? Early muzzle loader wow. for elk. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
3: Okay. They only give out so many tags, but
0: they were out. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, so when you when you were looking around the parking lots there were were most plates out of state plates or were they mostly residents that were hunting?
2: I'd say half and half. For sure.
1: Okay. Mm. Okay. That's a good that's a good little hidden tip there. Um planning a an an out of state hunt, especially out west where forest fires, you know, it's kind of a yearly thing and in different places um i had a buddy who was who likes to go out west during the summers to do a lot of backpacking and and he one year was out there and uh the smoke was was so thick from uh, you know not necessarily a fire right where he was right where he was at but from close enough to where there was the the air quality was so poor that it actually was making him sick but that and that was just a couple years ago so fires are common enough out there where you have to really make that a a part of your plans and then uh not just where you can't hunt but the fact that it's going to pile everybody up in the same uh areas where where um you know it's safe to hunt Yep. Mm-hmm. wow that's that's uh that's too bad that that happened man so quite a bit of pressure uh, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah i mean what are you gonna do you can't turn around yeah. you gotta gotta make it work yeah. so
2: we were just laughing about it when we were like what all you can do is laugh yeah
1: so. yeah yep yep Yep. for sure
2: whatever
3: <laughs> we didn't <laughs> have bad luck we wouldn't <laughs> have luck at all right <laughs> yeah
1: right <laughs> <laughs> yep yep so so uh, a lot of pressure um once you finally did get to a spot where you could you could hunt and because you'd lost so much time was it pretty much throw this baby in park grab the packs and uh we're off or did you guys have to kind of spend some time getting your bearings What 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 was it like when you finally got there
2: yeah, we pulled in somewhere and uh, we just had a good meal. We made some venison and uh, just had a good meal. And then we decided to go out for like an evening scout hunt, just you know, see if we could find sign and whatnot. So, kind of the same plan we initially had. So that worked mm-hmm. out.
1: Mm-hmm. Good. That was it's probably smart later. that you didn't just charge off and let the emotion of being late get to you. That's yep. yeah. It oh, that was a good being in the
2: truck so long at that point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I had gotten car sick really bad the night before, so I was just done with the truck.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, (laughs) man. Must have been all those espresso (laughs) beans. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. So, you're getting all settled in. Had had something to eat. Did you stick with your plan of using the truck as your hub? Or because of the additional pressure, were you guys displaced pretty, pretty well so that you had to kind of go out on these longer hikes or did you stick with the original plan as best no, as No, we could? pretty
2: much, you know, we got there and it was like the temps were getting down into the thirties at night. We're like, you know what, let's just clear the trailer out and sleep in the trailer. So that's kind of what we did to stay warm. The tents would have been absolutely miserable.
1: Sure. So, mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, with the hunting pressure and everything, we didn't want to stay in one area too long. So we were just like, you know, if we find elk, we find elk. If we don't, we don't. And we just kept moving. Yeah. Okay. Okay. A lot. Yep. Sure. I think we moved to three different unit or not two different units, but we moved three times, I think, with the truck.
1: Okay. So you would you, you basically just you just uh would hike out as far as you could during the day and then uh kind of call it once uh you knew you needed to get back before dark.
2: Yeah, we'd hike in about four to
1: six miles okay. every day. Yep. And then mm-hmm. when you would set up, would it just be a lot of calling for For several hours and and uh just hoping to catch a bugle somewhere
2: yeah we would just hike and then we'd stop after every 10 minutes and bugle and uh, cow call call a little bit and just keep repeating
1: okay yeah that's that's good that you guys made that little adjustment there now would you guys have preferred to have been able to use your tents if you had warmer gear and stuff and like just stayed out away from the truck at night so you could have maybe gone a little bit farther in or are you pretty happy with how that worked?
2: I'm happy with how it worked. If I could do it different, I would have had a better sleeping bag, sure. that's for sure. <laughs> I think at that, <laughs> we're, like, we're throwing our sleeping bags yeah, away. That's, so, yeah, that's,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: it, was,
3: uh, it was definitely comfier at the truck for sure, but I wouldn't have mind spending a couple nights out yeah, on the mountain, yeah. it would have been
1: fun. You know, that's mm. a good, another, we keep talking about good tips here. That's another good tip that you really don't understand till you're in the situation. The value of a, uh, truly cold weather rated sleeping bag, um, about, oh, maybe four years ago now, five years ago, I did a late muzzleloader hunt in Iowa and, um, we decided, uh, we're, my brother, I was the only one hunting my brother, my dad and my brother-in-law, they all decided to come along and they were going to ice fish while i uh was was trying to fill an antlerless deer tag and we stayed in their pop mm-hmm. up camper and <laughs> well the ones events the, <laughs> the ones with a ton of uh airspace we'll say <laughs> and uh it was two degrees out that night that was the actual temp and uh mm. i had like a uh Sleeping bag rated for like forty degrees, and I can't, I can't believe I didn't die. Mm. (laughs) It was so cold. We had like one of those little uh, Mister Buddy heaters going for like an ice shanty, and we were swapping (laughs) propane bottles all night long. It was, it was, it was brutal. But you know what? My brother he had a he had like a zero rated, uh, sleeping bag, and he was you know he could have been sleeping in Hawaii. You know he was. He was perfectly comfortable, so <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, that's a real right. thing, and that's another good tip. If if you're gonna do something like this, you know, you wouldn't really think about the sleeping bag as being a being an issue, but it certainly can be.
3: Mm. You know, we couldn't go too big. We were supposed to be yeah. uh, sleeping out in the tents. That's you true. Know? Yeah, would have known it that way. I would have brought a lot more blankets. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: <Yeah. laughs> yeah. So that's that's uh that's all good information that you you really can't you can't quite get it until you uh live it so yeah hopefully that saves somebody so uh your your plans have changed a little bit you um uh um, you had to kind of adjust your sleeping situation and and how you're going to approach each day another thing that i remember talking about and i was curious as to how this was going to work out for you you'd planned on tanking up on water while you were out hiking and uh uh i think uh ben weren't you using a life straw
3: <clears throat> yep
1: and uh eric you were using a a uh like a filter right sawyer yeah yeah yep and so did that end up working out did you guys run low on water did you come across plenty of water how did the, the water situation pan out for you? We
2: came across tons of water, and we actually never had to filter once. Oh, really? Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we carried plenty in. So. Yeah, I think we each had three liters on us all day, plus a big water bottle, and that lasted us all day long. So we were lucky nice. there. Oh,
1: good deal. Good. good deal. Yeah, that's that's an important part of it, making sure you can stay well hydrated. But I, I would sure. never
2: take something like that out of my pack. I would always have one on me no matter what. So mm-hmm. got to have one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, those first couple of units, they were they were dry. There wasn't yep. anything there.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would that would be a that would be a major concern if you got there and and uh, of course, I'm sure if you guys started to realize, hey, we're not finding any water, you probably would just headed back to the truck. But but um yeah, right. that's definitely something you gotta you gotta plan for for sure. Okay, so um, the other kind of stressful thing you guys had going on with this i remember you talking about and this was this was uh long before um uh you know you guys knew this was there was going to be a fire issue and and all these other hiccups in the in the plan here that was the camera gear um how how did uh that work were you able to keep everything dry and safe yeah we we were fortunate enough to have some beautiful weather every
2: single day we were there so i never had to worry about you know moisture or anything like that oh, it's like mm. a popcorn part out there it's yeah so it would dry. it was if you let match <laughs> out there it would
3: go up you know wow we i through some of those towns and the lakes and the town they were 20 feet down, from yep. the shoreline. Oh, wow, whoa, stranded out in the middle in the yep. mud.
1: Yep, whoa, they That's need crazy. Rain. yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, just
0: in general.
2: I mean, yeah. like I said, with all
1: the
0: fires and everything
1: else going on out there, it's just dry, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, for sure. So, um, I imagine you guys probably brought a bunch of extra batteries, but since you were able to, uh, go back to the truck every night did you guys use the truck to charge up your batteries every night or did you end up using all your spare batteries for your no gas? and
2: we we both had battery packs portable battery packs that so we just in the trailer every night we would just charge with that
1: oh okay that's so it good really well yeah yeah that's that's a good idea um you know we talked yeah, they, about using on x on x is a great tool but it eats batteries and uh
2: not if you have it mm-hmm. on airplane mode. If you have it on oh, airplane okay. mode, it's
1: good. It's it's not. Oh, nice. That's, okay. that's good to know. That's a good it's, tip. Yeah, that's
2: anyway, so it yep. all good.
1: Okay, yeah. 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 Don't
3: forget to download your maps beforehand, though. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, to go <laughs> wow. offline. Yeah. yeah, right. They do have right. that good offline uh, feature, too. Yep. So even if on airplane mode, because you're going to be using that tool so much, I would strongly suggest anyone going on a trip like this would Uh, bring a a a battery bank you know just a another basically it's a extra oversized battery that you can keep you know in your pocket or something and keep your phone charged Mm -hmm. at all times and if that's going to be your uh kind of your lifeline too you know if you hurt or something you got to make sure you you your, your battery has juice so
2: worth the extra weight for sure
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely so um Speaking of all this filming equipment, the part that I selfishly have been looking forward to the most out of all this is getting to see the footage, you know, I would have, (laughs) I would have loved if you guys would have, you know, like bailed me out of work for a week and, uh, you know, while you were in Iowa. At least let me ride back in the trailer or something. To go you, but. <laughs>
3: you don't to ride that trailer; it smelled. <laughs> <You haven't. laughs>
1: uh, but the watching the film that's that's a that's a good uh, second place there. Uh, when when's that uh, coming out? Monday.
2: It should, it will have it up Monday night.
1: Okay. Nice. Okay. That's that's awesome. So that that's uh, let's see here. Three days from today. So this episode will actually be because we'll drop this on thursday uh that means the film will already be up so make sure that you head over to uh, fly true productions youtube channel and is it that simple is it just uh going to youtube and typing in fly true productions and it, it pops right up okay
2: don't forget to like and subscribe too please
1: yes yes nice. that's a big deal for content creators you know give giving us those subscriptions and those uh likes that that helps us uh be able to justify doing what we do and and uh putting out this great content for you guys so definitely head over to uh their channel and then also um i talked about this in episode 17 too. head over to uh their instagram page and uh give them a follow and and they're super uh quick in response if you uh reach out to them and and they like having interaction from people uh i even saw in there uh eric had this really cool picture that he used for uh him checking trail cameras and like uh a, a cabela's like in canada <laughs> or something it was like hey man i like your picture can we use it on our website
3: <laughs> so it's yeah. good stuff it's good
1: stuff even cabela's yep. wants it you should have been like yeah but you got to pay me like as if i had shot you know this trophy buck you know That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> free stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Is this a sponsorship? No, that's it's uh it's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun following these guys and and um uh, definitely head over to that to their uh channel on YouTube and uh the the Instagram page and, and follow along and I'll I'll be sure to include links here in the show notes to to direct folks that way as well. So let's get down to the hunt here. So you're filming, you're you're camping in the at, at the truck in the in the trailer trying to stay keep from freezing to death every night yep. and uh y- you're you're doing all these things but we want to know how was the hunting so let's just s- kind of start with that general question then i got a bunch of specifics i, I want to ask about but like uh let's say if we put this on a scale of we'll say one to ten with ten being Uh, we got sick of seeing bulls. There were so many of them. (laughs) Uh, where would you, uh, (laughs) where would you rate the overall hunting of your trip? (laughs) Well, folks, I hope you're enjoying part two of this really cool story man i just find myself sitting here picturing the scenery just Mm -hmm. feeling the excitement the exhaustion Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. even a little bit of that disappointment that you know deep down is actually good for you because you're learning and uh i just i kind of want to go elk hunting in colorado now but absolutely (laughs) it's a friday night in iowa haven't been any elk here for a good hundred and some years, and uh, so we're doing the next best thing, and we're just talking about hunting. And Amen. making it even better is our favorite 30-year vet coming here with a good old hot tip on how to uh, preserve one of your best stands when the mm. deer are kind of cinching down on you a little bit
0: yeah yeah so i mean you know we all know what it's like you know this time of year you know we've been in september you know now we're early october a lot of deer still you know they're in that transition phase of moving from summer patterns to fall patterns and you know so one of the situation we situations we can get ourselves in is hey maybe you're maybe you're hunting a field edge or maybe you're hunting you know just inside a wood line and you've got you know here you are end of shooting light you know the time of end of shooting light maybe you've got some does in on you you're waiting for a buck, or or maybe you've got a buck that's you know out of range, and here you are, you're at dark, you know. And what do you do? You've got deer all around you, boy. What do you do? And so, great to hold tight, you know. If if, if you can have these deer leave naturally from your setup and then exit, that's great. Um, one thing that that we found really helpful on our side of things is yep if you have a snort wheeze, um, you know, after you you, you want to try to you know allow them to exit naturally, but you know, especially if you're on a field edge, man, these deer, we know how this is this goes. I mean, these deer will many times. Feed into the evening, you know, and then they'll go back to bed early morning. Um, so unfortunately, you know, you might be tied up with them there for a while. So if you're able to utilize that snort wheeze, which is basically an, an alert call that the whitetail deer, you know, does, um, that can you know blow those deer out of the field in a natural manner. They think another deer is trying to alert them to something, um, so they'll many times blow out of that field. For and most of the time, they will return very quickly. So they'll blow out of that field for five to ten minutes give you time to just get down get exit out of your area and really preserve that spot you know so just a good natural way to send your out of the area real quick while you get on out of there and you're able to preserve that that spot for another time so just a great tip for those of us hunting those field edges especially as now we transition you know further into the season and, and, and even you know as we go further into the season you, you're looking for does you find the does you find the bucks you know so it, great thing to keep in mind especially in those evenings when you're trying to just make sure that you're able to preserve the integrity of those key spots so just a tip for you guys hope you find that helpful i look forward to getting back at it and hearing more about this adventure out in colorado
1: yeah definitely uh, get get on uh get on back to this great story here about elk hunting but also for the rest of us who are hunting deer such a good handy tip we definitely don't want to spoil our best stands by being a little mm-hmm. bit aggressive trying to leave the stand and get back to the warmth of the truck or maybe we're dreaming about yes. that uh, cheeseburger or whatever it is <laughs> just take the time dream, to do it, it right about
0: an elk hunt, you know? that's right dreaming about an elk hunt
1: yep. keep, you know, keep, keep your mind focused on what you got going on at hand for sure that's right that's right do your best to uh set yourself up for success down the road that's a uh, really an excellent tip there from brandon all right well enjoy part two of the well technically part two of part two of this uh (laughs) really uh incredible elk trip that our friends uh ben and eric got to enjoy out in colorado
3: Well, I'd never get bad because it's still better than work, but
1: yeah, that's right.
3: I think we only seen what five, six elk total, maybe.
1: Yeah. Mm. Okay. So well,
3: that, it was, it was rough and everybody we talked to was the same thing. And then mm. I got back and I've been hearing it from everybody that keeps going out
2: there. They were quiet.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: They just weren't bugling. I think the weather played a big part. It was so warm during the day, like yeah. up in the 70s. Yeah. The pressure, yeah. fire, who knows,
3: but Yeah. We did get back to camp after, what was it, we hiked 10 miles or something that day. Just blistered feet, miserable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and man, I man. hear one crack off on the ridge, just adjacent to us, maybe 100 yards. It's just past shooting hours, too. Oh. Um, I was like, maybe that's a hunter. So I gave him a cow call and I heard him chuckle and it shot through me when he, he bugled next. I was like, that's an elk. Meanwhile, oh. I'm halfway down this
2: logging road we came in on, I'm trying to call my wife and get some service. And I hear Ben call and I hear the elk call back and I am like lining it back to the truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we must have at least 15 minutes of shooting light left, you know? Yeah. yeah. Right. No, you-
1: oh, shit. Yep, that's the uh, that's what keeps them around. They're worthy prey, you know. Whether it's yep. whitetails mm-hmm. or elk or or you know turkeys, pheasants, whatever it is, that's why they 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 learn to adjust to us, just like we learn to adjust to them. They're they're mm-hmm. uh, they're yeah, we, savvy uh, we critters.
3: Sick. We put them to bed on that hillside, thinking he'd be there in the morning. We got up real early and we're up that sucker before the yeah. sun came up.
1: <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, he, he was
2: a ghost. He He's already
1: Aww. moving on man
2: he was a big boy too holy moly but no that unit we were and we were finding tons of rubs tons of scat you know sign everywhere like you knew the herd was there they just were not vocal at all yeah sure yeah it was crazy how much was there Mm
1: -hmm. did you find any sheds we (laughs) did not we were looking never found a shed oh man yeah that would have been <laughs> that that would have been cool. Were you tempted to just kind of like go sit on a ridge and just try to glass up a few antlers?
2: We we did one night. We waited in like this little bottom river bottom area where all these willows were because that's where we saw a lot of the silence. We heard the elk the night before, but nothing ever came of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yeah. That's a dream of mine to go out west and not just uh. Hunt for the elk, but hunt for some sheds too. I, I see some of yeah. those other channels out there doing that. It just looks like so much fun. But mm-hmm. but uh okay, that's that's
3: had, uh heads and a couple of what two three carcasses. But yeah, we found no some horns. elk carcasses, but no uh, no antlers.
0: Hmm. Oh man, cut yeah, so... off. The
3: whole elk was there, but the horns had been sawed off. That
0: was kind of weird. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Found by yeah. another hunter, and they took the horns. I guess
2: that's what we're guessing.
1: Yeah. Hmm. yeah some states there's there's laws on that like you gotta get a salvage tag or whatever and for obvious reasons you know you don't you don't want people poaching elk or something
3: certain
2: zones you cannot take antlers out yeah it's like every unit you go to they have like different regulations on that kind of stuff so
1: sure so um we we've heard a little bit about some of the uh the uh, things that maybe you didn't you didn't quite nail down with the uh, the planning, uh, with the sleeping bags and and uh, the kind of the fire situation. But what were some things that you felt you really knocked out of the park?
3: Um. Well, the truck made it there and back, no problem.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's I'd always say, a positive. I'd say clothing we knocked out of the park. We never were too warm. We always you know we had the right kind of layers on every day. Um. What else? Plenty of water. Plenty of water. GPS worked great. Uh, The Onyx really saved us. Um, We had tons of food. Yeah. more food. Yep. We ate like kings. That worked good. Yeah, that
3: was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys were probably burning a
1: lot of calories. Yeah, you
0: you
3: probably had to eat just to keep up the energy. the pants got real thin there towards the end. You had to put a belt on.
1: Yep. Oh, man. I I
2: lost five pounds in eight days.
1: Wow. Wow, that's that's awesome and and it like you working king. hard yep <laughs> yeah so so uh food was good water was good clothing good did your boots hold up okay
2: yes mine did i think ben got a couple blisters but i never got one <laughs> i always do I, yeah. <laughs> i'm working twice as hard
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah for sure and then um as far as like other gear, did you feel like you had the right, uh, I guess we could say optics or glass to uh, kind of see what you needed to and and get on those those glassing points and try and locate elk. did you did you bring a spotting scope or do you wish you had a spotting scope? How was how did all that factor into this?
2: uh we we brought our binos we used them a handful of times like just when we were in big open areas but for the majority of the time we were hunting in like blow down timber so we really couldn't use our binos that much that so we you know you can't really see a lot in there unless it's 30 yards you know or you know less but but yeah i i don't think you need a spotter with that kind of hunting if you're in more open sure. terrain maybe but sure yeah, brought so, with,
3: but never came out of the
1: case or the truck yep <laughs> okay it's actually yeah, that, still in
3: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so
1: that's that's kind of a different terrain picture than what I I guess I was I was expecting. I yeah, figured it'd it would be uh, a little more 100%. open. Real thick. Yep. Okay. So um as you guys are moving around then in the timber, did the blowdown like really wear you guys out? What do they call it? Deadfall or whatever? Yeah. Blow down. Is that it was, as awful it was as people blowing. say?
2: It was humbling. Yeah.
1: <laughs> really? Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard people say on it's on it's just awful. These get to be tricky, Yeah. You know? Yeah,
2: we yeah. were hiking up like a 45-degree angle and blow down, and it, it, I was drenched in sweat by
1: the time we got to the top. Oh, <laughs> bet. Sure. Which time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as you guys were going through that, I imagine your first your first trip up was probably your most inefficient. Were you guys kind of like learning and making adjustments and – And finding ways to be a little bit more efficient as you were going, picking through that stuff each day? Or was there like really no way to, uh, to, to make it any better?
2: No, we we you know we really hauled when we were there. We went a lot of miles. Um, Oh, that first time up the mountain, it was (laughs) we went quick. Yeah, heck yeah, we're here. (laughs) It took about a day to get used to the altitude. I mean, the first day we were both huffing, huffing, huffing. You know, catching our air. But by the day two, three, we were good. Yeah, we could boogie by then. Yep. Then when we got back, man, you could run forever. Yeah. (laughs) you get back to minnesota and you're like oh you can breathe yeah Yeah, right (laughs) yeah
1: take the smoke and put a little oxygen back into the atmosphere and it works
0: wonders
1: (laughs) man that's that's uh that's good though i've wondered about that if i ever did a hunt like that if i would acclimate well um my my sister-in-law and her husband they got married out um in uh in colorado near vale colorado a few few septembers ago and uh you know i'd been at altitude you know several times before that uh out west in montana and colorado but it'd been a while and uh mm-hmm. that was probably the worst shape i'd ever been in while being out there and i definitely felt <laughs> it you know just like carrying suitcases up into the little apartment we were staying in and stuff like mm-hmm. that it was mm-hmm. it was like wow you you know if you're going to come out here you better get in shape before you uh yeah take, take this on so that's that's actually encouraging though cuz i remember you guys and this is the next thing i want to get to here I remember you guys saying that you had put a lot of effort into getting yourselves physically prepared for this trip. Did you feel like uh, your training was effective and, and did help you?
2: Absolutely. A hundred percent. I do five miles of cardio every day and that my legs, my legs never got fatigued the whole time we were there. So that really helped. Wow.
1: That's great. Yep. And, and other than those, those first, those earliest days where you were huffing and puffing, you're, you're uh
2: yeah, but my You're legs were never in up. pain. Like I, I, you know, I was breathing heavy, but my I, my legs were always good. So that really, mm-hmm. really worked to my benefit.
1: Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and you know that another motivation there because we like to, and, and I'm guilty of this even with just chasing whitetails. We like to focus so much on the shot side of hunting. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta gotta get out in the yard and fling some arrows. Gotta, you know, and and that's the temptation but if i imagine if your legs were were toasted you probably wouldn't have been getting where you needed to be each day no just not i mean even if you were able to tough out the the physical exhaustion mentally you probably wouldn't have been there you would have you would have been holding back so
3: tired brain follows you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: yep 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 and and then that that leads to regret because then coming back you'd be like, oh, if we had just you know been a little bit better shape, we could have gone over, up to that next ridge or whatever. So, yep. Yeah, I've heard that now from multiple people who've hunted elk. You do not want to uh, under prepare when it comes to the the physical side of what this task is going to be. So not sounds only like that.
2: that. I have always looked at it, like You owe it to the animal to try to be in the mm. best shape as possible. You know, going out there hunting these. You know these big animals like yeah try to be in the best shape you can be because they deserve it you know yeah well said
1: yep yep that's good that's good so uh also going into this do you feel like your packs were the right packs for for the the task obviously you didn't end up having to uh haul out any uh elk quarters or anything but were they comfortable and and uh you know maneuverable enough to get over the deadfall and everything
2: yeah, I was very happy with how my pack operated. It was it, it worked really good. I also good. enjoyed mine. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Yeah, it was 10, what ten, twenty, thirty pounds
3: heavier than Eric's, <laughs> but
2: <Yeah. laughs> I a little lighter than Ben. But I, I think the, yeah. both of them were pretty functional. So like, mm-hmm. I And like, hey, I go grab his bag. I'm like,
3: "What do you got in here? Nothing." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh
1: man. <laughs> Yeah. I don't
3: have to. You got that stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yep, yeah,
1: yep, yeah, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the calling. You said that the elk were pretty quiet, but it sounds like you got to uh, talk to one bull a little bit. Did did you guys feel like you were you were effective with your calling when when it you know you did have those opportunities?
2: Well, I called, we both called in, I think four different hunters. So I th- our calling was pretty good. I think <laughs> <laughs> how was, how were, how were the
0: people that you met along the way? Everyone pretty, pretty kind and, and good like that.
2: Um, yeah. yeah, we met one guy. He was, he was, a uh, you know, a nice guy, but the, the rest of the people we came across weren't, didn't really, uh, come talk to us. They kind of just went the other way as soon as they saw. Us, so we didn't really get a chance to. Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah.
2: yeah. Give them the wave and along. Yeah.
3: Right.
1: Yeah, I, I've wondered about that. So with with the calling side of it, does that happen a lot where hunters kind of cross calls with each other? And, oh, absolutely. And, uh, okay. Yep. So, so uh, how long does it take to kind of figure it out that nah, this is, this is you, somebody else? Once
2: you hear their chuckle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we didn't hear too many other people bugling at all. Yeah. At all cow calls. yep. Yep
1: oh really just a lot of cow calls
2: yeah when you hear an elk out there you can tell like they have that guttural you can just tell it's an animal but there was one guy who fooled me but usually when they do that kind of a call you can tell right away it's a person so
1: yeah okay that's that's good to know that's really good to know um and definitely a safety thing there if you're yeah really gun hunting or rifle hunting you know make sure you uh yeah,
2: that's why we didn't want to get too close to him so they're, they're probably muzzle loader let's just buy it right. so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. so did you guys and have to keep
1: those, some orange on since they that was have going
2: orange on? on and we we're all camoed up so yeah
1: okay okay yeah so that's that's definitely a a good safety tip there you know and obviously when you end up seeing each other well then yeah it's you know probably nothing to worry about but you know who's to say that you're you're calling and calling and all of a sudden just by happenstance an elk does show up, and uh you know you're you're hunting with a firearm you take a shot and you didn't realize that yeah, just past that elk is uh another hunter or something yep. so yeah yeah make sure you're uh, always always uh, know your target know your backdrop mm-hmm. None of that mm-hmm. stuff can go out the window even when you're in the mountains you gotta yeah you gotta be extra careful probably when you're when you're doing that kind of hunting where you're using calls and stuff like that you know turkey hunting too it can kind of be the same thing you know people are putting decoys out and they're sitting near their decoys and they're calling yep. and and stuff like that, you know, you just and everyone and everyone's in, you know, like basically ghillie suits during yeah. uh, turkey <laughs> yeah. season. So, so uh, definitely uh, got to kind of use the same principles for safety there. That's that's another good tip. So you're moving around. You're uh, on occasion seeing elk. Did did Brandon? I think you asked this, but I don't know if we uh, got to the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, was it mostly cows that you guys were seeing or? Was it a pretty even split bulls and cows? You seen
2: four bulls? Yeah. Yep. And uh, with the uh, the one elk that was bugling at us, he sounded like he had a decent amount of cows with them. That was probably, like, it sounded like the herd was moving through, honestly. Oh, okay. Okay. We okay. never laid eyes on them, but it sounded like a, a few elk were on there.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Did you see any other cool wildlife while you were... Oh boy, Mm. did we! We saw (laughs) lots of moose. Um, Oh, really?
2: Yeah, I walked up on a bull, a cow, and a couple calves one day. And one day when we were driving out, um, we saw a cow and a calf. You know, down in this meadow grazing. So we got some good pictures and footage of them.
1: Nice
3: bull and yep. Yeah, come up over a hill, see those back away. One
2: <laughs> night we were having dinner and a, a red fox came right up to our camp and wanted us to feed it and like was ten, five feet from us, you know, so we had to shoot that oh, away. Cool. Oh, cool.
1: <laughs> that's really cool. See any bears yeah, or anything? Yeah, saw
2: sheep and antelope and lots of
3: wildlife
1: nice
3: Some nice we got real close to a bunch of shooter mule deer yeah i wish day. we i
2: wish we would have bought a mule deer tag we both would have tagged out
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh man. really it couldn't have been 20 yards in front of us yeah. they didn't even know B- we were there bucks
2: oh yeah they were nice bucks yeah we saw oh, two yeah. bucks yep
1: was it mule deer was it mule deer season at that time
2: i believe you can get a dual tag you can get an elk and mule deer that time of year archery yep okay mm-hmm.
1: That's uh, I mean, if you can swing it financially, that's another good, good tip yeah. there. You know, we cause... just
2: couldn't really afford to spend another four hundred bucks on a tag, but... right? Right? Yeah. 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 yeah and right. it
1: does, it does start to make you think, you know, when especially when you only have ten days, and yeah, you know, right. You, you, uh, you know, you don't want to turn an elk hunt into a mule deer hunt when you're out there for that purpose, nope. and, Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, so. No, that's that's really cool that you guys were able to see all that. I'm excited to see that stuff in the in the film. That'll be cool. So, um, you know, whenever whenever I go and hunt a new area, which, by the way, a little plug for myself here, I've just put the finishing touches on uh, another episode of the vlog today, so that'll be going up on some uh, new public areas that I've uh, been hunting this year. But um, whenever I go to a new area to hunt, I find myself... Being educated on some serious mis—maybe the right term here is misperception. Did you guys feel like that was happening to you as you were uh, going through this hunt? Yeah,
2: I'd say one of the misconceptions I had was it's going to be easy to find the elk, you know. But it—it mm. was—it was super hard. Like you're looking out over all this vast country. Like there's got to be an elk in here. Why right. wouldn't I call? And they just were not calling. Yeah. So that's what really frustrated
1: me. Sure. Sure. Then um, did did uh, you guys find that like uh, along with that just the denseness of the the timber and everything was was a lot more of a uh, factor than what than what you thought it was going to be or not really? Uh, I was
3: looking forward to that thick timber <laughs> and the blowdown. I was like, hey, we're yeah, we're
1: here now. <laughs> no, that
2: kind of met our expectations. We knew it was going to be some gnarly hiking, and it was. <laughs> we got through it. Yeah, so.
1: sure, sure.
2: It was amazing misery. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, what would you say for, you know, for other guys, you know, going out there, you know, or girls, you know, going out there for, you know, kind of a similar trip, what tips would you have?
3: Uh, don't forget to have your A, B, C, all the way to Z plans.
0: Yeah, right. You
3: mm, never yeah. know what's
2: going to happen. Yeah, you, you have yeah. to have like four or five plans. Like you can't just have a yeah. plan A, plan B. Um. Back to the exercise. Make sure you're somewhat physically fit to do it. Um, mm. Yeah. If you got the room, bring extra blankets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And more yeah. propane. <laughs> yeah, we brought. We did the whole uh, buddy heater thing too, and we ran out of propane like the second of the last night. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh no! all the
2: way on the U-Haul.
3: I'm scared about no
0: or something. <laughs> Oh man. Well, uh-huh. Hey, at least you guys had the, the, the dependable vehicle down. So, I mean, Hey, that there's, yeah. there's some positives Oh yep. uh, now now in terms of like, you know, you're out there and you're glassing and everything. I mean, so much is contingent on the weather, you know, so I, you know, you can't, it's hard to control that side of things. Was it like, in terms of the muzzleloader side of things, did you, did you feel like that, like definitely added a large amount of pressure out there, oh. you
2: know, kind of coinciding with it? Absolutely. We, there's some guy, you know, they say that as soon as an elk hears one of those gunshots, they just shut up. So I think that played a big part in it nice. too. They felt pressured. Yep. Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, a
3: yeah. couple Shots a day there for a while. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
3: They were just cruising up and down the roads. Yep. Everywhere. They were thick. Yeah.
2: No, there yeah. there was fresh elk sign everywhere. We came across tracks and rubs that were made the night before, but they just were not vocal. So. Oh, those big. Yeah. yeah. They were. Still steaming, pretty much. (laughs) We found a few elk beds, and you know, you they were pretty much warm still. (laughs) Wow! Wow! Yeah.
1: So basically, it was it was the same situation as when you're there's a real high pressure on whitetail, and they all go nocturnal.
2: Yep, and that's what I'm guessing with the weather. I think there was a full moon a couple nights, so oh, it was Mm -hmm. pretty yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, clear and warm, so it wasn't ideal for weather, right?
0: Well, what would you guys say in terms of like, you have plans to go back or you, what's your next kind of, you know, f- distant planned trip or what are your, what are your plans coming
2: up? We're absolutely going back, but I think <laughs> we're going to try to put in for some preference points for some, you know, more, uh, coveted units. Okay. Sure. Um, yep. am
3: not sure when we're going to go back. We're, uh, talking about some other hunts we kind of want to do
2: before then, but. Okay. We
3: we'll want to go back. Kind of wanted to
2: maybe try Montana or Idaho next year, but, uh, yeah, okay. we'll definitely be back to Colorado for sure. Maybe we'll go a little later in the month, like the last week of September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Would you, would you end up getting the, uh, the mule deer tag next time you think? Uh, ah, yeah. at least one of us maybe would be yeah. smart. To do. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Good call. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that might be, obviously there's, there's laws there. You can't you can't both hunt on the same tag unless they right. allow you to party hunt or whatever, I guess. But, yeah. but, um, you know, from a financial standpoint, if, if, uh, you were to split it up between each other and then just know that, all right, whose ever name is on the tag. They're the one that gets to pull the trigger, right. but, but, um, you know, we'll split the meat 50, 50 or whatever. So that way, you know, we, we both, we both get to come oh. away with something or it might be a way to, to make that, you know, not so financially heavy and still give you a chance mm-hmm. at, at coming home with with something so yeah yeah that's you know then then here's here's what you could really do with that then whoever gets to pull the trigger on on the mule deer has to shoot second if an elk is ever located see there you go it's all it's all totally diplomatic, but uh
2: yep. And that's another thing we were so focused on, you know, trying to get an elk that pretty much every day I left my bow at the truck and I filmed and I let, I'm like, Ben, we're going to get you an elk I'm filming. And that's kind of what our plan was the whole time. We just wanted to get one elk at least. So.
1: Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's another smart tip. I mean, uh. When, when you're having so much trouble locating an animal like that, the chances of you being able to go, all right, we're both going to shoot on three at these two, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful, <Yeah. laughs> beautiful bulls, uh, probably not going to happen. So yeah, that's smart. And that just cuts down on that, that extra, uh, weight and hassle of hauling that that mm-hmm. bow around so you're
3: telling and, me you got heavy yeah they get heavy <laughs>
1: yeah yeah they do you get that good old bicep cramp from hauling that thing around for sure Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. so okay so what what did you take away from this trip that or, or learn from this trip that you feel is going to make you or maybe it already has made you just a better hunter in general um
3: every trip makes you a better hunter every hunt out makes you that much better
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we definitely
3: got some experience points on this one
2: um i would say time of year uh research more into weather um when the elk like to move whatnot i i really didn't even think of that going in like oh it's beautiful weather you know i'm sure we're going to see some animals but that that really plays a major role so mm-hmm. deciding what time of the year to go or what time of the month to go.
1: Yeah. So one thing I was kind of thinking about earlier as far as, you know, like things things to learn before next time or, or even just a tip you could pass on. You guys talked about the importance of having multiple plans. You know, uh, I think, uh, Ben, I think you said it as don't just have plan A and B. You need to have plan A through Z. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously you guys ran into some of this because of the fires where you had to travel around. But I imagine a good thing that people could put into their plan is trying to link up these different pieces of public ground that you're going to hunt based on, on proximity to each other. You know, so you're almost like snaking your route to all these different pieces of ground so that you can minimize the amount of time lost while you're on the road. Did you guys Mm -hmm. feel like you were able to do that well enough once you had to really start calling the audibles? Or did you feel like you needed, you know, probably more time to sit down and come up with an effective plan for that kind of thing?
2: I feel like besides the first day we got there, that that whole, that went really smooth for us. Like we were on a main drag where we just were like, okay, let's get in the car and drive down the road, you know, half hour. And we were in a, you know, a different part of the unit. So that that really worked out for us.
1: Sure. Would you guys kind of use your, evenings back once you got back to camp and uh you know sit there on onyx and just really start doing your aerial scouting and stuff like that or were you guys just so beat from your hike that it's pretty much lights out <laughs> we pretty much
2: just got back to camp and uh had a meal and went to bed <laughs> oh man mm-hmm. yeah you're
3: mm-hmm. ready
1: Yeah. 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 I
2: was
3: on my phone constantly looking at maps. It was ridiculous. Yep. (laughs) Yep.
1: Yep. That's totally understandable when you're exerting yourself like that. But What's interesting is, you know,
0: it's like, uh, you you know, one of the, one of the most fun things about hunting is the anticipation and then, but you grow the most from actually doing it and you know, it's like you know, it's like, it's like when it's, you know, late September and you're like, man, I just can't wait to be in a deer stand at, you know, 5 a.m. and in November. And then you get out there and you're like, yeah, you know, it's great, but man, I'm pretty cold, you know, <laughs> yep. you know, it's, it, exactly it's how
2: it goes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, you know, you get out there and then you, you know, you're dealing with the struggles and you're dealing with, you know, the adventure and, and all of that. And it's like, Man, you know it's it's a it's a battle. You know you battle through it and you learn and you grow and you know so it's it's cool to have you know the anticipation's great but you know you grow from the actual adventure and the challenges. So it sounds like you guys experience that very well.
2: Yeah. Once you get out there, you kind of realize just how small you are when you see right. all that. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's uh.
2: It's like, okay, we can't even have a fire on the mountain because of the fire restrictions. Like, we're going to be out there on the mountain, the wind howling, we're in this dead fall. You know, worrying about a tree falling on us, freezing our butts off, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's a.
2: Reality really hits you.
1: That's a. <laughs> wow. You couldn't have a fire. Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah. Nope. No
3: charcoal. No nothing.
1: Nope. Oh, that was a man. bummer.
3: And there is so much dry tinder around. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No, that no, oh makes goodness.
1: sense. It, yeah, it definitely makes sense. I, I, one hundred percent understand why. But I, that, that would have made camping near impossible at that point then. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's another tip within that. Better have your little MSR stove, right? <laughs> and it's in yeah. order to heat your water and stuff to do your, uh, um mountain house meals and stuff like that did you guys go through a lot of propane uh
2: our little personal ones for our cookers i think we both ca- still have the same one i think we maybe <laughs> burned half of it oh okay still mm. one from arizona yeah still rocking
1: that one. <laughs> oh, nice yeah,
2: those are super efficient they last forever nice,
1: nice. yeah that's great
2: but we went through a, probably seven propanes for the
1: little buddy heater in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> those don't yeah. last very long. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's it like it cold easy. <laughs> yeah. yep, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. the thing.
1: When those babies run out, it's not like it takes, you know, a half an hour for everything to cool off. It's like
2: <laughs> 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like look, we were sleeping in that U-Haul trailer. Like That thing is pretty much, in, you know, a refrigerator. Yeah. Coming. Right. Yeah
1: right <laughs> for sure oh no, that's that's awesome well it sounds like you guys have a ton of memories um as far as just finding that adventure and and sharing that time together as best friends was that uh was did it live up to that expectation at least absolutely yeah nice. we got
2: some memories <laughs> nice that's awesome back in a heartbeat Yes. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. That's awesome. That's how you that right there is how you know it, it was truly a, a good experience when you say you go yeah. back and you do it again. So yep. Yep. yeah, that's that's, right. that's tremendous. Well thanks so much guys for uh uh lending us your time and uh coming back on to tell the full story. Um I know I was I was thinking about you guys every day and looking forward to those updates as Eric was posting them on the page and and uh you know just i uh, was
2: trying as much as i could once in a while when you're in the back country you get 3g so you can like do an instagram story
1: yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: eric's phone go bing i'm like oh you got service huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep yep we we totally understand we appreciated the post that you guys were able to get sent out and you know it's just um it was a lot of fun to follow along and now we get to look mm-hmm. forward to uh the the film being dropped and and feel like we're uh kind of l- living it with you guys and and uh mm-hmm. enjoying the beauty and the um <laughs> the hardship and, and the beauty of the hardship right and yes. uh um just all the the great things that make hunting in my very biased opinion uh the most fun way to uh spend some time so that's Mm -hmm. uh that's that's really awesome that you guys had that experience we look forward to following along so we got to bring you guys back on again sometime. Maybe a little bit of a whitetail episode or, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But I got go a ahead.
2: lot of footage. Stay tuned for some uh, pretty fun whitetail videos coming your way too.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> nice. good. That's good to hear. So that'll be on the YouTube channel, right? Yep. Awesome.
2: Those will be dropping after the Colorado video drops
1: sure nice. sure that's awesome i'll be
2: looking forward to those monsters you two are going to shoot for yeah sure. i yeah. hope
1: so I hey hope so. thank you <laughs> yeah we we hope so
0: we if we can get like you guys said we can get them out of that that nocturnal phase here in the coming weeks with everything heating up man we're, we're just pumped are you guys
2: both filming too as much as you can
1: yeah a little bit you know i do mostly vlog stuff just with my my cell phone that'll i'm I'm hoping you know as i as i continue to build the channel grow the channel a little bit i'll be able to start uh you know spending some some dollars on some nicer camera equipment and and do more of that end of it and but yeah i'm hoping i get i get some uh good uh hunting footage this year with i don't know if i'll be able to get a kill shot yet i'm not good enough at self-filming yet but but, um. (laughs) self-filming is hard i mean that's that you
0: know like you, you yeah Usually, usually when when we like my brother and I, we usually you know hunt in pairs and and you know one of us will film while the other shoots and we'll just kind of rotate it back and forth like that. But man, I tell you, with all the respect in the world for those guys who are good at solo hunts out there with filming, I mean that is not
2: easy. Oh, I know. Yep, you got a million things going through your mind at once. It's like, do you worry about the angle of the camera or do you worry about drawing your bow back? It's yeah, Right.
1: Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I know for sure that if I, uh, see, see the giant that I, that I hope I see, a camera will be the last thing on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh well thanks so much guys you guys are uh, true friends of the channel here at first gen hunter and and um make sure you guys uh, that are tuning in you check out fly true productions check out their youtube channel find them on instagram follow along like subscribe and uh definitely check out uh, brandon and his team over at uh hunt fish life and uh all the the good stuff they have going on there just just a lot of fun to follow along there so thank you so much ben and eric and of course brandon as always man you guys uh take it easy and uh happy hunting this fall
2: yeah thank you so much for having us
1: man what a story what a story talk about an adventure remember back when brandon and i i don't know what episode it was i think we've actually said it several times we said it in the deer season kickoff video my brother jake said it in that video success is not just measured by if you bag an animal or not it's so much more than that as you hear now even with all the different inconveniences unpleasant surprises there was still so much overwhelming good in this trip of a lifetime that Eric and Ben took upon themselves to do, it totally surpassed all those other things, okay? And that's what hunting's all about. That's why Brandon and I come together at least once a week to uh, record these things for you, is to inspire you to go and live out your own dream like Ben and Eric did. Well, guys, whitetail season is getting there. What do I mean by that? Well, it's already here, but the best days of deer hunting are still ahead of us. I hope you're uh, taking note of that. I hope you're uh, waiting to go to your best spots until the conditions are just right. And you never know, hitting one of those observation stands or one of those October stands might just get lucky. So make sure you're being patient in that way. As I said at the end of the episode, make sure you're checking out Fly True Productions on Instagram and definitely on YouTube. Make sure if you haven't already seen it, you get over to their YouTube channel and watch the film of their Colorado elk hunt. And then as Eric said, there's more content to come. Please also check out Brandon and his team over at thehuntfishlife.com. You'll find links to all their social media pages. Um, I believe their YouTube channel is still uh, underway. There's already been some filming from this deer season going on, and so hopefully they'll be uh, able to get some of that content up soon. And, yours truly, you can find all things First Gen Hunter at firstgenhunter.com. A link to the YouTube channel, Fresh Vlog up there. Uh, A link to all of my social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and Go Wild, and All kinds of other good content. I need to write another article here soon. Hopefully, uh, maybe even this week. But all that is for you to enjoy. Hope you participate on the social media pages, comment, like, all that kind of thing. It's great to hear from you guys. And please, one last piece of homework. Go and give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, We love putting this stuff together for you guys, and that is super helpful to us. And, as always, the most important thing especially now that deer season is underway, take care and take someone hunting.